Hi, welcome to Break Time with Breakman. I always laugh when I say that. Um, I want to welcome today a friend of mine, a staff attorney at New Haven Legal Assistance, James Bandari Alexander. James has been doing some amazing work on um, uh, undocumented immigrants um, who are falling between the cracks right now very severely um, during this coronavirus. And his work is, as always, proactive and in the forefront of trying to, to get everyone's needs met, especially those who get lost in the mix. So, so James, can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and, and how others at UAW and, and who listen to this can be helpful with your effort? Thank you, Beverly. It's such a pleasure to be here, and I'm happy to count you as a friend as well. It's been, it's been great. We met um, years ago, not that many years ago, but establishing a worker task force. Um, and I was on it, and I think um, maybe you helped me get on it. I don't remember exactly, but we were working yeah, we met, uh, yeah. Center in the Domestic Workers Center. So yeah. in our office, um, I know UAW has a lot of legal services lawyers as members, and we've, we um, are very similar in that we represent low-income people in civil matters. So we represent tenants against their landlords and workers against their bosses. We represent people um, struggling to get public benefits um, from the state. And um, so my specialty is labor and employment law and I mostly represent immigrant workers and have done so um, pretty much for the last decade in New Haven County. And before the pandemic, what I was mostly working on was um, wage and hour cases, cases where people weren't paid what they were owed, um, discrimination cases, and lots of retaliation cases where people who stand up for their rights um, or um, unfairly retaliated against by their employers. And um, we also worked on, I also worked on policy advocacy. But since the pandemic, just like you, pretty much shut up in our houses and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of fortunate in the sense that we, we don't have to be in the office. I mean, we do go in from time to time. Um, law offices are considered essential workplaces, but thankfully, um, New Haven Legal Assistance has taken the position that as much as can be done from home should be done from home and we should spend as little time in the office as possible. Um, and what we found in the first week, once the pandemic started, uh, or kind of moved to everyone's consciousness and once we were kind of, we were thinking, oh my god, this is real, um, we started having to um, a legislative session that we thought was going to happen, no longer was going to happen. Um, the um, jobs that um, the jobs that many of our clients had is as lowly paid as they were and as inadequate as they were suddenly disappeared. Um, the the um, the needs the number of people who needed our services suddenly skyrocketed, but our ability to provide them actually deteriorated all at the same time. So we were left in a situation of trying to figure out where. Um, what strategically, how, how do we make an impact in this very difficult situation where we have a hard time um, dealing with uh, or meeting with our clients, we have a hard time getting the attention of any administrative agency or court because they're, they're generally either, either shut down or completely overwhelmed or both. Um, and so the things I used to be able to do, like say, oh, well, let's call up your caseworker, or let's call DOL, or let's file this brief in court. 
um, they don't mean the same thing right now. They don't mean much. <laughs> um, now they're doing a DOL is unemployment compensation, right? Right, exactly, yeah. right. So, so. Um, so people I used to advise to file a wage claim, I mean, I can still advise them to do that, um, but I know nothing's gonna happen for quite a long time. So, right. and the same is true in the courts. The courts are, um, I mean, if you have an emergency motion um, in some areas of law, um, you can still get a court's attention quickly, but in my cases, which tend to be longer, more complicated, involved litigation, um, you know, uh, there's nothing that's going to happen in the short term. And a lot of the a lot of the attorneys are also in private practice who I'm up against. They're they're trying to figure this out too. Strategically, uh, we wondered what we talked a lot about it, and um, what we what we immediately decided on was that we were going to try to make an impact at the policy level, especially given that the governor has declared a state of emergency, which gives him the power to do all kinds of things that he normally can't do, um, including supersede statutes. So some of the limitations that existed before um, because of um, legislation are gone. On the other hand, he has an enormous amount of demands on him and <clears throat> the administration there are probably many things that they would do in a perfect world that they're, it's gonna be hard for them to focus on. So in, in our area of labor and employment law and legal services, um, we immediately sent a letter asking for several things. Um, we, we wanted a, a, a sort of liberalization of how unemployment was handed out. Um, we wanted, um, in other words, we wanted this process to be much simpler. I mean, as, as close to a rubber stamp as possible, basically, because right now um, we don't need to worry about fraud. We need to worry about getting cash in people's exactly. hands. Right. 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 And we wanted an increase in unemployment benefits. Um, and we wanted a, the unemployment benefits to be broadened out to people like independent contractors who've right. been uh, traditionally excluded. Um, and when I say independent contractors, that's a whole other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> People call independent contractors, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, gig right. workers of all types, plus um, plenty of people in, um, in, in industries you'd never think of, construction, mm -hmm. landscaping, oh, um, yeah. janitorial artists, services. Writers. Artists, writers, right? And yep. UAW, I know, has independent contractor members also, um, yep. writers, right? Um, so, so we wanted all of them covered. Now, so a lot of that happened in the federal legislation um, in, I think, the third bill. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, you know, and, and some more. There was even some bonus payments that came out that I think are rolling out in Connecticut this week, the $600 a week extra. Yes. And uh, there was that uh, lovely speech by my man, uh, Bernie Sanders, where he was, <laughs> he Bernie, talked to, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yeah. said, you know, he said, let's not basically to, you know, I can't put it the way he does, but he said, let's not be shocked that people get a few extra dollars. People who are, whose wages are already too low for them to live on, get a few extra dollars for a few right. weeks during a global pandemic. Let's, let's not get outraged by that. And I, I had to agree with that. Yes. Um, so some of the stuff we were asking for was taken care of in the federal legislation. But one thing that was was definitely not taken care of and, and it's not looking real good on the federal level is the yeah. inclusion of, of all workers um, in these benefit programs, the stimulus checks, the unemployment, and the, the what I call the bonus checks, the $600, those um, left out workers who don't have work authorization, undocumented workers. Yeah. And federal, you know, 
federal law. True, can, even if they're married to a U.S. citizen, is that what I, I'm hearing also? Right. Well, the U.S. citizen who's married to an undocumented worker, if they file jointly, right. doesn't get a stimulus check. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so you, you know, which is in Connecticut, we, we have, you know, we have tens of thousands of, of people married, you know, U.S. citizens sure. married to people without immigration status. When we say undocumented, we're including all types of people. We're talking yeah. people whose application is people who are, quote unquote, in line, people mm -hmm. who are asylum seekers, um, people who's um, got uh, bad advice from immigration attorneys, which is very common. People yeah. get ripped off by immigration attorneys and they think they have some kind of status and they really don't. And people who truly have no set, people who came across the border and just have never been in the system, those people too. But all these people um, are, are Connecticut residents. And our, our belief very strongly is that the state has an obligation to take care of Connecticut residents. And the federal fact that we have a broken federal immigration system um, is really the lowest priority right now i mean punishing people for 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 that for being caught up in the system dysfunctional federal system what we want to do is include people who need help in the help the state is providing and that has is obviously a humanitarian effort but it is also good for the economies of the cities it's also very important for public health because the basic trade-off and i don't have to tell the union members this but because you, you, you have a consciousness of what, what it means to be a worker in the society, but the trade-off is you go to work to get paid um, normally. You can't do it now <laughs> mm -hmm. Be, um, mm -hmm. because it's dangerous for everybody. So we need support for people to stay home when possible. Absolutely. And the people who, who are essential workers, who, who, you know, it, who are working um, in our nursing homes, in our hospitals and medical facilities, people who are working in grocery stores, um, law offices, I mean, wherever they're working, yeah. um, um, they're, they, we, want, we want as few people to have to do that as possible. We want people to be able to stay home because that's how our health, our public health is gonna be protected. So this is, this is also a public health issue. I mean, I look at it also clearly as a racial justice issue because we know that it tends to be people from black and brown communities yeah. that are caught up in a broken immigration system. Um, so there is that aspect. And of course, there is the fact that a lot of these are women workers and mm -hmm. um, you have yet another, another burden. So we look at this as kind of a, a real encapsulation of this is, a, this is a group that we need to center and prioritize at the state level because the federal government with Donald Trump with the veto, veto power and the, the sort of group of advisors he has and the, the Republicans in the Senate, it, it's hard, very hard for, um, for people who care about these issues at the federal level to, to accomplish what we could definitely without much difficulty accomplish at the state level, yeah. which is provide economic relief, provide medical relief to all the people in the state. Absolutely. So that's what we're working on. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, so we're, we're almost out of time. I, we, we could probably talk for hours. Is there something you want to say to people who might be watching this about um, what they can do if they have a, a problem themselves or to be part of your effort? What, what can we tell people? 
Right. So if you're a Connecticut resident and you're having a problem um, with your boss or your tenant and you are low income, you can always call statewide legal services and just Google it. I don't have the number memorized. Statewide legal services gets you through to anywhere yeah. in the state. And those are DFW members actually there. So we'll put yes. that on the, the site. Yeah. So um, please, uh, if you want to support um, tax paying undocumented workers in the state of Connecticut, email Governor Lamont at governor.lamont at ct.gov and put in the header, please help tax paying undocumented workers and then tell them why you support economic relief for all Connecticut residents. Great. Thank you so much, James. As always, we so appreciate the work you do. You're such a leader in this area.